MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. Listen to MTV's official Challenge podcast wherever you get your podcasts. goodness gravy thanks everybody please have a seat folks uh welcome in here out there all of our viewers around the world welcome to the late show i'm your host stephen colbert there's no there's no denying it it's a dark day over the last five years we've seen democracy repeatedly undermined tragic unprecedented firestorms a global pandemic Well, this morning, Vladimir Putin looked at all of that and said, hold my vodka. (laughs) Because today, Russia officially attacked Ukraine. Now, listen, I don't know what's going to happen, but one thing's for sure. Putin should fire those peacekeepers. You had one job! (laughs) This is the biggest ground war in Europe since World War II, and the whole world is in shock. That's why today's wordle was, ah! You... It was easy. It was fairly easy, actually. Yeah. Ukrainian cities are in chaos. The highways are jammed with people trying to leave, and the people who couldn't get out are using subway stations as bomb shelters. And while you're down there, find that pantsless guy who's always on the train yelling, the end is near? Because I think we owe him an apology. (laughs) Putin announced the start of his war around 10 p.m. our time last night. And he had a pretty lame excuse to justify it. I've taken the decision to conduct a special military operation. Its purpose is to protect people who have been subject to abuse and genocide by the Kiev regime for eight years. And to do this, we will strive to demilitarize and denazify Ukraine. Denazify? That's hard to do when you're acting like the Nazis. <laughs> Now, this is obviously a ridiculous claim. First of all, Zelensky's not a Nazi. He's from a Jewish background, and he's barely even a politician. He's a former TV comedian. (laughs) This is like if the U.S. invaded Canada to capture war criminal Eugene Levy. (laughs) What what I'm trying to say is, the world is up Schitt's Creek. (laughs) The invasion... That would be great. Putin issued a threat to anyone who might try to oppose him. Whoever tries to interfere with us, and even more so to create threats for our country, our people should know that Russia's response will be immediate and will lead you to such consequences that you have never experienced in your history. Something we've never experienced? He's going to make a good Michael Bay movie? (laughs) Eagle-eyed viewers, eagle-eyed viewers may have noticed Putin seemed to be wearing the exact same outfit he wore on Monday. Did he pre-tape his invasion speech? (laughs) That is so dishonest. Only a monster would pre-tape a television appearance (laughs) and try to pass it off as live. (laughs) Pro tip, Vlad, just switch out the tie. (laughs) 
Right up until the end, Ukraine and its allies were pursuing diplomatic solutions. In fact, Ukraine's ambassador to the UN convened a special session of the Security Council last night. Just one problem, Russia invaded Ukraine as they spoke. That's what they were there to stop. That's like having an intervention and somebody interrupts with, Brian, we love you so much and we want you to get help right after happy hour. Come on, pussy, let's do some shots. You're way more fun when you're drunk, buddy. Come on. Let's get crunked. <laughs> Peace, of course, never had much of a chance, because this month, just so happens, the president of the Security Council is Russia. So, the one in charge of stopping Russia is Russia. Reminds me of the time when the American Cancer Society appointed their new president, Dr. Joseph T. Camel. <laughs> the Ukrainian ambassador patiently waited for his turn to speak, but ultimately, he had to throw out his remarks because the invasion had started. As he said, most of it is already useless. I know the feeling. Tonight, I had so many jokes prepared for National Chili Day. <laughs> which is now totally useless. Because of the invasion. I'd like to say I'm over it, but honestly, it's been tough. <laughs> it's a dark day. Leaders from across the globe condemned Putin's illegal invasion, including Joe Biden, who smacked Putin with a whole bunch of new sanctions today, including one that will cut Russia off from semiconductors crucial to the military biotechnology, and aerospace industries. So, Russians coming back from the International Space Station? You're gonna have to call an Uber. <laughs> Biden also announced sanctions on corrupt billionaires and their families who are close to the Kremlin. Of course, that's emotionally and financially close to the Kremlin. They can still live at Mar-a-Lago. <laughs> the president... The president made it clear that these sanctions are a matter of principle. This aggression cannot go unanswered. If it did, the consequences for America would be much worse. America stands up to bullies. We stand up for freedom. America stands up to bullies. We stand up for freedom. Then we lie down for liberty because we ate that burger with donut buns for lunch. <laughs> and it's not just world leaders. Many Russians feel a deep unease over going to war. In fact, today, average citizens bravely took to the streets, including this anti-war protest in St. Petersburg. All this, despite Russia's interior ministry telling TV viewers to refrain from unsanctioned protests or they'll be arrested, not because of the war, but because of coronavirus restrictions on public events. <laughs> Citizen, you will receive large black masks that also covers the rest of your head. Now... <laughs> Everyone into the windowless testing vans. <laughs> Cable news, of course, is covering this around the clock, which made for some odd moments when they cut away from the war for commercials. We'll go inside and in the capital of Kyiv. As air raid sirens are ringing out this morning, much more reaction and insight from CNN's chief international anchor, Christiane Amanpour. That's up next. Little bit of chicken fry. Cold.
Meanwhile, Ukraine is singing, I want my country back, country back, country back. <laughs> Amidst... <laughs> Amidst all this horror, it's important to keep our eyes on the unhinged fascist lunatic. I'm talking about former president Stonewall Jackass. <laughs> he, he has been out there uh, pushing a pro-Putin uh, agenda forever. And he was still at it last night in a speech at Maragulago. Trump said Putin's smart. I mean, he's taking over a country for two dollars worth of sanctions. I'd say that's pretty smart. He's, he's taking over a country, a, really a vast, vast location, a great piece of land with a lot of people and just walking right in. Everything is a real estate deal with this guy. <laughs> It's the biggest attack on a European country since World War II. When Hitler invaded Poland, FDR didn't say, well, it would make a good golf course. <laughs> then, as the invasion began, the ex-pres took to Russian state media... I'm sorry, I misread that. Fox News. And he had a lot of opinions... He had a lot of opinions, just not a lot of information. We're just learning that uh, U.S. officials are looking at um, a potential amphibious landing now in Odessa, Ukraine. It's also very dangerous, as you told me, about the amphibious attack by Americans. You shouldn't be saying that because you and everybody else shouldn't know about it. They should do that secretly, not be doing that through the great Laura Ingram. They should be doing that secretly. Nobody should know that, Laura. And you know, no, you that, that, that was the Russian. Those are the, no, those are the Russian, the Russian uh, amphibious no, landing. No, I thought you said we, that. I thought you said that no, we were sending no. people in. Yeah. Sometimes he has trouble telling the difference between America and Russia. He um, <laughs> he knows he works for one of them. We got a great show for you tonight. Coming up, Julia Yaffe. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And guess what? So are we. Just in case you forgot, I'm Tori Deal. I'm a six-time finalist and a Challenge champion. And I'm Anissa Ferrer, and I've been gracing your screens for the last two decades. I am a veteran challenger and Challenge All-Star. And speaking of All-Stars, All-Stars 4 is finally here. I'm going to be honest. I literally thought this day was never going to come. Well, the challenge gods have answered our prayers and we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, redemption seekers, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. Anyone can win, relationships matter, and only one all-star will claim the title of challenge champion. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast wherever you get your podcasts. Ladies and gentlemen, Hello. welcome back to The Late Show. My first guest tonight has been reporting on Russia for over 15 years. She is a founding partner and the Washington correspondent for Puck News. Please welcome to The Late Show, Julia Yaffe. <laughs> Nice to see you again, first too. First time you and I are talking at the new digs. Yeah. Uh, first time you and I spoke. Was it the first time? It was in 2014. Yep. 
It was right after Russian separatists, with help from the FSB, shot down a Malaysian airliner full of 300 tourists over eastern Ukraine. I knew it was a happy day. <laughs> we got to stop meeting like this. Exactly. So, last time we were together was uh, another tragic day uh, with uh, some Russian aggression, with a lot of uh, people dying as a result of Vladimir Putin's ambitions. Mm -hmm. um, back then, I think the joke I made was, I'm going to talk to her about the conflict between Russia and Ukraine we're going to have to talk quickly while they're still two separate countries. What's happening now? Russia launched a full-scale attack on Ukraine. Um, so much has happened in the last 24 hours. Where do things stand right now? Um, so the day is drawn to a close, the first 24 hours of the war. Uh, Russia has bombed pretty much every major city in Ukraine. Uh, there was an amphibious assault on Odessa. Russians have taken out a lot of air defenses. They've taken over Chernobyl. Weirdly. Sure. Um, yeah. I mean, the bombing is like north to south, east to west. They're bombing Ivano-Frankivsk, which is the far west. They're bombing Kharkiv, which is right over the border from Russia. It's everywhere. You, you've reported on Russia for 15 years. Is, is there any aspect of this that is surprising to you? I think, um, you know, on one hand, I always know that to get Russia right, you have to go with the worst-case worst scenario. Imagine, like, if everything goes wrong and if the worst comes to pass, that's usually what's going to happen. That's how you predict what happens with Russia. But Is that because Russians are fatalistic or you have to be fatalistic when you think about Russians? Both. Okay. But also, Putin's in charge and he does crazy things and he's a big risk-taker and... Um... There's a lot of talk about whether he's a rational actor. Mm -hmm. Is he? I think it depends how you define rational. I think... Uh, Rational self-interest, how about that? Yeah, I think in his own closed system, he is logically and rationally consistent and has been over the last 20 years. So there's a reason, I think, you made that joke in 2014 that better talk fast before they're one country, right? Mm -hmm. There was already something you were sensing or that you heard about, you know, how he talked about Ukraine that made you realize that this is something he might do. He's been consistent about it. Now, here we are eight years later, and he's trying to make them basically one country. So maybe you can explain this to me. Putin says he wants to denazify Ukraine. What does he mean, denazify? How is he speaking in a vocabulary that is for, you know, domestic consumption that we don't understand? Because Ukrainians fought the Nazis. Eight million Ukrainians died in World War II. What, what does that mean to his, his home audience when he says that? Well... In 2014, when uh, the revolution, revolution of Dignity came to the Maidan and, um, that, and triumphed this time in 2014, or this month in 2014, there was a very active right-wing nationalist, sometimes neo-Nazi contingent, but it was a minority on the Maidan. And Russian propaganda took that... They often just take, like, a little bit of truth and spin it into this, you know, cotton candy of lies. Mm -hmm. And... Eight years later, um, what Russian state TV tells people, and I think people, people around Putin watch it, drink their own Kool-Aid, and they now have come to believe that it's all neo-Nazis. I think that there are a lot of Russians, especially those who watch state TV, who think it is a country run by Nazis, even though it has a Jewish president, who's, who's, uh, many of whose relatives were killed in the Holocaust by Nazis. We have to take a quick break, uh, but don't go anywhere. We'll be right back with more Julia Yaffe, everybody.
Rise and shine, football fans. Start your day the right way with Morning Footy, a podcast that covers every aspect of the global game. Headlines, match previews, analysis, interviews, culture, fashion, and plenty of banter. Join as we track the thrills and spills of Europe's biggest title races, the business end of the Champions League season, a summer packed with international competitions, MLS, NWSL, and much more. Subscribe to Morning Footy. Back here with Julia Yaffe talking about the Russian invasion of Ukraine. Um, people have trouble understanding what Putin is going to do next. He, he is, as you can say, expect the worst, but you're not exactly sure what that worst next thing will be. You've said that he likes to make the weather. What does that mean? Uh, it's a Russian expression, and it means to basically set the agenda to be the one that everybody is responding to. Um, and that's, that's what was happening all this week. All week, everybody in the U.S., in Europe, in Ukraine was just waiting on one man to make a decision. And I, he really likes that. It's something he really didn't like about Trump, actually, that Trump was suddenly the more pre- unpredictable guy, and he kind of took away his one trick. Um, now, it's, now it's his again. He definitely has set the weather in the last couple of weeks. Yeah. Biden is putting together a bunch of weathermen right now, essentially. <laughs> He's gotten to get, like, gotten together Storm Team 5 or whatever. <laughs> Jim, Jim Cantori or whatever is out there tracking what Putin's going to do. What about the sanctions that Biden has announced that have been put in place? They're fairly significant. They haven't gone as far as kicking them completely out of the international banking system. Do you think they will have any effect, if not in the short term, then in the next few months, as Biden suggested, that it'll take a while for these to set in? I think it definitely will take a little while to set in, and I think they will do tremendous damage to the Russian economy. But that won't stop Putin. He's not the one who's going to be suffering. The people around him in his closest circle are not going to be the people suffering. It's going to be the pensioners who have been suffering since 2014. So he doesn't need an economy. He doesn't need a growing industry. None of those things are going to affect... He's not afraid of his own people in any way? Um, I think it's not a coincidence that this has happened after a full year of him eradicating the opposition in every sense. And now, a year later, um, this is, it started with Alexei Navalny coming back from Germany after he had recovered from being poisoned by the mm-hmm. FSB. Mm-hmm. More happy news. Sure. Um, he, Putin basically decided, we're done. I let you guys play at opposition politics, at having a free press and having activism and a civil society, we're done. And uh, he disbanded a lot of NGOs, drove a lot of activists and journalists out of the country. People are, you know, people are in jail for posting music videos, for liking something on Facebook. One of Alexei Navalny's lieutenants, a young man, was uh, escaped Russia because he had a criminal case brewing against him. So what they did was they arrested his 69-year-old father and sentenced him to three years in a penal colony. So when you see these Pro, uh, videos of these protests today and people get 900 people getting arrested. It is a much smaller protest than we've seen in the last 10 years. But it's still amazing that that many people came out in this kind of climate where it has become so much more dangerous and terrifying to go against Vladimir Putin publicly. We have to take a, a little break, but when we come back, I will ask Julia if there's anything hopeful she sees in any of this. Stick around. <laughs> Thank you. 
Now you can feel like you're in the audience at the Ed Sullivan Theater with official Late Show with Stephen Colbert merchandise at ParamountShop.com. Shop t-shirts, mugs, accessories, and more, and Late Show Pod Show listeners can take 20% off with code TLS20. That's 20% off at checkout on all Late Show products with code TLS20 at ParamountShop.com. with Julia Yaffe. Julia, do you have a reaction to people um, often on the right in the United States and and many people on right-wing media who say, we've got no skin in this game? Like, why are we against Putin? Why would you dislike Putin? Why would you possibly pull for Ukraine? Uh, There's no difference between the two of them. We should have no involvement in this. That is just uh, Eastern Europeans fighting Eastern Europeans. No concern of ours. I think there's two different strains. There are people who say that, and to them I would say that people like Putin, people like Kim Jong-un, they rarely stay within their borders. Um, They always want to eat more. Um, Or they're like a shark. You either swim or you sink. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, now it's Ukraine. He might try to drag in the Baltics, which means we would have to get into a war with Russia because we're bound by obligation to defend Poland, for example. That's the worst case scenario, is attacking it's a NATO half country. Of the, it's half of the worst case scenario. <laughs> That's only half a worst yeah, case? I'm sorry. What's the other half of the worst case? The other half of the worst case, and um, this is really funny because, funny, uh, because I was talking to a person I know in Washington who is kind of a the neocon persuasion, mm-hmm. worked in the Bush administration on pushing for the Iraq war, mm-hmm. and this person said, well, look, The good news is we also thought Iraq was going to be easy. (laughs) So So, they could get bogged down into a prolonged uh, occupation of Ukraine. Yeah, they get fooled by a shock and awe situation where they quickly decapitate the government, install a puppet regime, I don't know, arrest Zelensky, take him to Moscow and try him for war crimes. And then slowly an insurgency starts building. In fact, the U.S. Is, has been helping Ukrainians train for, these kinds of, for this kind of scenario, teaching them the things that the U.S. learned in Iraq when it was fighting an insurgency. So we're teaching them kind of the solder brigades methods. Mm-hmm. And then we could get dragged in with a NATO country. So, so that's the full worst-case and, scenario. And, and, um, sorry, and... That's uh, only two-thirds of the two worst thirds. case? Two-thirds. What's the last third? Because you are, at heart, you're from Russia. You were born in <laughs> Russia. This is your worst-case scenario. See things as bad as you possibly can, Julia Yaffe. We can take it. <laughs> uh, it's very hard for me, but I'll do it anyway. So I think the other part of it is that with all of this instability, you're already seeing uh, people fleeing on foot from Ukraine across the border into Hungary, for mm-hmm. example, or into Poland. And... <clears throat> As we saw with the massive refugee flows from Syria six years ago, five years ago, which gave us Brexit, which gave us the rise of uh, nationalist far-right parties all over Europe. And that's, that was like six years ago. Europe is super saturated with uh, refugees. And I don't know if they can handle another massive flow of refugees coming across their borders. Um, what that would mean for them politically, would it push them even further to the right? So what's the best-case scenario? <laughs> do you have one of those? I, I do, but I don't know if you'll think it's a, 
best case scenario. Do your best. It's a late night TV show. <laughs> Do you have any more of that bourbon? I, I've got a whole bar back there. I've got vodka too. If Perfect. Oh, let's do shots. <laughs> um, I think the best case scenario is, um, this sounds horrible, that, that they uh, accomplish what they wanted in Ukraine, decapitate the government, install a puppet regime, withdraw without occupying it, and scare Ukrainians enough into not having another revolution to bring in a new democratic government for another few years and keep things calm that way. That's your best case scenario? You've got no, there's oh, no, no, there's maybe, no I mean, best, best case scenario is like Ukraine wins and drives them back, but that is the best case scenario. What but about, what about, what about this? <laughs> what, 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 what about, um, uh, no hope, huh? Okay, no hope. I was hoping for just a dollop, a little ray of sunshine. Uh, I, I can get, I, I've been thinking hard about this. Your kay. producers gave me some homework and I, and I think I've come up with something. Yeah, what is it? So I've been thinking about this and <clears throat> watching my friends freak out in Moscow about their government getting them into a war that they don't agree with and that they feel they are still culpable for. Um, watching Ukrainians fight back the way they have been. And these are people who don't have as much experience <clears throat> with democracy as we do. Russians, especially Russians of my generation, have barely ever experienced it, really haven't. The Ukrainians have had it for a couple decades. And <clears throat> look how hard they're fighting for it. And I think we tend to take it for granted and be complacent, and we're complacent about it. That's why we were surprised by January 6th. That's why we were surprised by Trump. And if it teaches us anything, I think it's that democracy is work, it's vigilance, it's being educated, it's being a savvy consumer of media, it's voting, it's paying attention, and... And a cautionary tale. Yeah, and like, we already, we already have it. We just have to make it better. We already have it, we've had it for hundreds of years. All we have to do is keep it and make it better. These guys are starting from scratch. As Jefferson said, the price of liberty is eternal vigilance. Yeah. And this is a cautionary tale for us. Yes. Well, Julia, thank you for all the cheer. <laughs> you can read her articles at Puck.News. Julia Yaffe, everybody. Thomas Lennon. Calling all benders and non-benders alike. Jump into the epic world of Avatar with your favorite podcast, Avatar, Braving the Elements. Hosted by me, Janet Varney, the voice of Korra on The Legend of Korra. And me, Dante Bosco, the voice of Zuko on The Last Airbender and General Iroh on The Legend of Korra. Each week we'll recap and discuss another episode of The Last Airbender. I don't know if we've ever talked about it, but... Amazing guests stop by from creators to cast to super fans to chat all things Avatarverse. Are we saying that this is possible in the Avatar universe? Varney, we gotta spread the word. Now fans can also check out our weekly video pods too by subscribing to the official Avatar YouTube channel. That's a lot of fire, isn't it? That's right, we're on video this season, everybody. So whether you're a super fan with encyclopedic knowledge or you're brand new to this incredible world, it's Fire Nation time, Book of Fire. Let's go. Listen to Avatar Brave the Elements wherever you get your podcasts. My next guest is an actor and comedian you know as Lieutenant Dangle in Reno 911. Now he's back in Reno 911 defunded. That's right. Meet 
the Reno Sheriff's Department's Elite Bicycle Riot Response Division. Ever heard of the Blue Angels? We'll meet the Beige Angels. Beige Angels! Beige Angels! Hey, Antifa, you afraid? Hey, Antifa, you afraid? Here come angels and they're beige. Here come angels and they're beige. Hey, you proud boys, get ashamed. Hey, you proud boys, get ashamed. Can we, hey, God, hey, Beige Angels? We gotta put some tape here. Please welcome back to The Late Show, Thomas Lennon. Uh-oh. Man. It's, oh about to, it's about to get a lot dumber. It is. It's about it is. to get a lot it's dumber. It's about to get very sexy. Tom, Thank you look you so fantastic. Much. Oh, thanks, Steve. I mean, so nice the turtleneck and the little scruff and the salt and pepper up here, I'm getting real Clooney vibes. Oh, my God, thank you so much. That's all I ever wanted. Yeah. Seriously, it's Was your book. approval on, you know, my New Year's resolution was try to be dreamier. You know? Good job. Thank you very much. Good job. It's good to see nice you. Nice to see you again. How you been? You the too. last time uh, we talked was mm -hmm. over Zoom. That's right. And that was in April of 2020, yep. right at the beginning of the, we had no idea how long this was going to go Well, do on. we know? Th and thank goodness it's all, we wrapped it up so nicely, right? Right. Right? Yeah. Did we? <laughs> we did. Right? So, yeah. Uh, I came on the show and we did, um, we did a great bit uh, where I was playing Joe Exotic. Yeah, and here is, here uh, is you. Here you are playing Joe Exotic right there. And I got to tell you, I absolutely loved your Joe Exotic impression. Thank you. Thank you. I would, I would like to point out, so did 49% of America. Uh, but the, the, uh, the 51 that did not like it was very, very, very noisy. They were really I mad got, at I got, you and oh, me. Oh, I got drafted. People were so mad. Well, the first, the first question was a lot of, like, why is he having Joe Exotic on the show? And yes. then I thought, well, that must mean I did a good job. Right. Yeah. We got, we, people were very upset, weren't they, Chris? Very upset. Yeah, very well, upset. Don't have him on. And then they were very mad that it wasn't the real guy. <laughs> it was, it was a, a perfect Mobius of Twitter nothingness. Yes. It was really, it was really yeah. You're welcome but, for all the hate, thank you, by the way. Thank you very That's much. That's what we give. Back in the green room, you get cheese, <laughs> some beer, and a lot of hate. You get a hate. nice little gift bag and just some internet trolling. Yes. Uh, it was cute, because you're, you're, the wardrobe department at, at your show called me and said, you know, we'll send you a bunch of stuff to make you look like Joe Exotic. Yeah, we've got to get this look. And down. I was like, exactly. uh, I've been in sketch comedy my whole life. I got nine options for Joe Exotic <laughs> in the closet. I got, I got everything. You also, mm -hmm. you also joined TikTok, which yes. obviously a lot, a lot of the people did. Mm -hmm. You, you some, are proud of, of some of your, your videos here. You've really made an impact. Mm -hmm. This one I understand we're about to show right here is mm -hmm. your most popular video. Let's see. With 1.6 million views, and we'll just let it speak for itself. The internet can't so. be wrong. Let's see. Hey guys, it's Tom with a super important life hack. You know those little tiny bags that come with your Christmas lights? Here's what you need to do with them. Ready? Throw them in the garbage. You'll never use them, ever. 1.6 million views. Mm -hmm. Why do you think? Why do you think that's the hot one? I think here's the, the secret of TikTok is this. The, the way to make a great TikTok is you think, I probably shouldn't, this is probably something too stupid for me to do. This is just too stupid. It's too uh, pedestrian. It's just the dumbest thing I've ever thought of. Those are the hits. <laughs> They're the only hits. Mm -hmm. Go right to the hits. So the, 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 new, uh, the new show is, the new season is uh, Reno 911 Defunded. Yes. 
Tell me about the defunded part of that title. You know... That sounds topical. It was... <laughs> so, all streaming on the, on the Roku channel. Uh, the, I have Roku channel. Do you have Roku channel? Roku you made a joke about Roku channel what? last week on the show. I did saw I? It. You did. I don't think I did. <laughs> you did. I did not Let's make Let's do that. Roll make... the tape. Roll I the did, tape. I did not make a joke. Roll the tape. Okay. Uh, I didn't. I have... Da, 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 many da, da, of my friends... Your friends made a joke about Roku channel. <laughs> oh, so now you're cool. Roku. You're cool. Jean-Baptiste, did you make a joke about Roku channel? I don't think you did. No, see? Um... <laughs> If everybody's gonna make it, yeah. So you were just gonna be jump in and make a joke about Roku. It's a great channel. So yes. uh, the the new the new Reno episodes, full length episodes, it was handy this year because the world of law enforcement kept giving us ideas, uh, whether they meant to or not. You know, mm -hmm. uh, like the bikes. The bikes. That sort of was based on the my, the city of Miami has an emergency riot response division, and they're on bikes. I could get through a crowd, I guess. I I, could you? What is, what is the advantage? I, I can't think of one. I don't know. A lot of riot police are on horseback. That makes sense. That's so intimidating. Whoa, 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 whoa. Hey, whoa, horse guy, I'm so sorry. That's a completely different thing. But uh, so the Miami, Miami Beach, they posted their elite bicycle division, and in the video where they posted themselves, they all wipe out. Like, just like, <laughs> everybody's just like, oh, sorry, you know. Wow. Yeah, so we just, sometimes we're just, sometimes we just look at the world and we're like, well, thank you, that's a three by five card. Here's a Karen that did this. Let's put that goes on the wall. Nice. That goes on the wall. One of the most exciting things about the mm -hmm. season this year is that one of the, one of the characters, one of the stars uh, is Ted Nugent, mm -hmm. but he is played by <laughs> Weird Al mm -hmm. is playing Ted. <laughs> which is, I got a shot, I got a shot here. There we go. There you go, there's Weird Al, right? There's Weird Al right there, <laughs> rocking it. Yeah. Rocking it, yeah. One uh, city madman. One thing, well, one thing that we love is like taking like a kind of a scary guy, mm -hmm. like famous bow hunter, uh, the the nude Ted Nugent, nude. and and casting him with really one of the kindest, sweetest people in the world. Weird Al's, Al's a lovely person. He's yeah. a really lovely. And you guys dude. are buddies, right? We Al and I have been friends for about 15 years now. We've been How very, very close. How does that come about? How does one get to be a Weird Al's? Friend. I, I wrote it on my vision board at 11. <laughs> I probably did. But uh, so one day I was at uh, uh, the office supply store. As you do. As you do, getting printer toner. This is not like a cool story that happens at the Viper Room. This is me meeting Weird Al. This is going to be some nerdy stuff. So we're both, we're buying printer toner. Mm -hmm. And I, I look over, I see this curly mane of hair. And I'm like, there's two people in the world that could be. Kenny G. Or weird, or weird Al Yankovic. Sure, and you didn't, you didn't see a, a soprano sax. <laughs> no, yeah, no, he wasn't doing this. So uh, I, I said, uh, "Excuse me, are you Weird Al Yankovic?" He said, "Yes, I am. Are you Lieutenant Dangle?" <laughs> and I said, "Yes, I am." And then I said, just as a joke, I said, "Should we just decide to be best friends?" Uh, and we shook on it, and it was just a dumb thing you say. And then he's he's been my best friend almost, <laughs> like Keep it simple. almost ever since. Yeah. Get right to the meat of it. Yeah. Thomas Lennon, it was lovely to see yeah. you. A pleasure. Reno 911 defunded premieres on the Roku channel tomorrow. Ronan Boyle, his book Ronan yes. Boyle into the Strange Place is available now. He wrote it. He's Thomas Lennon. This has been the Late Show Poncho with Stephen Colbert.
If you're enjoying The Late Show Pod Show, leave us a five-star review on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. Watch The Late Show with Stephen Colbert weeknights at 1135, 1035 Central on CBS and Paramount+. And for more exclusive Late Show content, follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And subscribe to The Late Show on YouTube. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast wherever you get your podcasts.